0: What it do, baby? It's your girl, Robin, and today on the Take Care of Yourself podcast, we are talking to fellow recovery addict Mackenzie Fowler about her addiction with alcohol. This story is really personal to her and everything that she has gone through, and she's very brave for being our very first guest on the show and sharing her story with us. We're so thankful that she chose to share her story with us and that she wants to help other people be made aware of issues and potential signs that may show that people may be hiding alcoholism, may have alcoholism, or maybe just open some eyes to some people who maybe think they have it, or opening eyes to people who don't realize how big of an issue it is. And so we're super thankful for her and for her sharing her story with us. We would love for you guys to check out our launch as well. We have a shirt coming out on the 1st of the new year. So January 1st, 2022, we're going to be launching a Recover Out Loud shirt, which is going to go along with Mackenzie's story. So keep an eye out for that on our website that will be named The Mackenzie. And so we will link that everywhere for you guys to find, but just so you guys know, it will be named after her. The description will have a little blurb about her story and her coming up with the shirt design. We hope that this inspires you guys to talk about your own stories and get help and help others as well. And so we really appreciate you guys for tuning in. Like I said, stay tuned for that launch on the 1st of January. And before we get started, I just wanted to say when we started recording this podcast, we had... Um, a little ticking noise going on in the background until about two minutes in. So just bear with us through that in the first couple of minutes um, and it gets better as we go. Again, like we said, we hope this inspires you guys and we hope that you guys enjoy this podcast and stay tuned for our next one. Can't wait to keep sharing more stories with you all and keep this just going and growing. So stay healthy, y'all. Thank you for tuning in.
1: Yeah. podcast for our Recover Out Loud launch through Smiley Face Co. And I'm just here to kind of give you guys a summary of my story and what it's like to struggle with an addiction and give my advice on things that have helped me through this journey. How old are you? Um, I'm 22 years old.
0: 22 years old. Okay. Sweet. Okay. Um, so when did you, like, start drinking?
1: Um, So, my first drink of alcohol was when I was 14. Okay. It was at my mom's graduation party, and, you know, I kind of grew up with a party mom, not in a negative way, but she had me and my brother so young that she was still, like, going at it when she was growing up. And so, like, I actually had a friend over, I won't say her name, but we, like, snuck some malibu rum i believe and put it in hawaiian punch bottles and i mean one of those and i was like litty titty yeah um but every i'd say every second of my life after that was wondering when my next drink was gonna be and it you know it's hard i was 14 it's harder to get people to It's harder to get alcohol, basically. Right, right, yeah. You don't know anyone who's 21. Unless you're stealing from your parents, it was kind of hard to get that lifestyle going at that age. So um, since then, it wasn't until I was 18, I went to Florida with a friend, and her parents let us drink Bud Light. Okay. And from then on... Especially with this specific person, like, everyone's 18, everyone's going to college. It was always like, um, oh, if we're not going to be drinking, then it's not worth my time. Like, for me, I didn't realize it at the time, but unless you had some sort of incentive, and for me that was alcohol, then I wasn't going to come over and waste my time. Right. Or And I couldn't even get other people to come and hang out with me unless I had that incentive for them as well. And also, again, going back to growing up with my mom as like a party mom, like that's kind of what I grew up seeing, like, oh, my mom has all these friends, and they have parties all the time, and they all, they're they always having fun, right. and that was just kind of my mindset at that point in time. It wasn't even like real deal partying, it was, oh, we can split the money on a 12-pack of beer, and right. each have six beers, and have fun for the night was that sort of thing at first right um so my first job was at sonic i finally quit there and got a job at staples and i was the baby of the group like i was 19 at this point and everyone else was at least 25 to 30 years old yeah uh come to find out one of the girls that i worked with lived down the street from me and when we found that out she started inviting me over um, like every Friday evening, it was a thing to come over and we would play beer pong and we would drink and slowly over, I'd say the next year, that escalated a lot. Like I went from beer to Mike's Hard Lemonade to taking shots of shitty fruity flavored rum. Right. And then one day I was like, ooh, I want to try tequila because I'm almost 21 now. When I go to the bar, I don't want to order some pussy drink. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I want to be able to order right. something. And something, Yeah impress the people around me right and no one would really care but right in my mind that's what it was um so then it's like transitioned into just drinking a few Mike's hard lemonades and still waking up in the morning and going to work to I'm so hungover that I can't go to work but also I wasn't the type of person to just call in so I would go to work and then act like I was sick, even though I just partied with everybody that was also at work the same day and then go home early. So then that way, like, I didn't call in. I left. I left because I was sick. I wasn't feeling good. Um, Then I guess that person ended up moving to California and everyone that I was working with kind of went their separate ways. And my best friend at the time, she moved four hours away from me. Right. And so I was kind of left with no one at that point. And it kind of, you know, forced me. But I started engaging back into friendships from my past that weren't good. They were healthy, pretty toxic. Yeah. You know, they weren't healthy at all. And so that's when a lot of my, like, bad clouded judgment decision making stuff started happening so like I would hang out with these people I was having one night stands with people I barely knew I was waking up in someone else's bed and like missing my clothes I didn't know where my clothes were I would drive under the influence very frequently like if we needed food or if we needed more alcohol, like I would be the one to offer to drive and I just act like I was okay. Um, and then eventually, you know, those toxic friendships showed their true colors and I was kind of over that lifestyle with them. So that ended and I was probably 20 at this point, um, which then it became a lot easier to get people who were 21 to get Alcohol for me, right? Because
0: you're a lot Um, closer to the age.
1: Yeah, yeah. um, We're in the same age bracket. People are a little bit older me, older than me, are turning twenty one. So that became a lot easier. But I was also working twenty four seven. Like long story short, I ended up going back to Sonic. They offered me a lot of money to be a night manager. And I really didn't have a social life after that. The only social life that I had were these minors that were my employees that I was uh, managing every night, at least five five out of seven nights a day a week. And so yeah, I didn't have that social life that a lot of other people my age did. Like I wasn't in college, I was solely working, I was still living at home. My best friend at the time lived four hours away. Like, all my other friends were moving or drifting apart and doing right. their own thing. And so I have this bad habit of becoming too close with the people that I work with. Mm-hmm. Like, Stables, for example, and all those people. Um, so then I started, it kind of forced my hand, I guess. Because, like, a, being social and having friends and doing stuff other than going to work and going home is important, and so to get people to hang out with me that I worked with who, mind you, were 16, 17, maybe 18 years old, I would be like, oh, my parents are out of town this weekend. You should come over, and I'll get us alcohol, and we can drink and play beer pong and have a good time, Um, and that happened too frequently, I'd say, and couldn't get alcohol too I started to steal from my parents like in our cupboard we had a top shelf that was just filled with every alcohol which way um, for my mom's party years (laughs) (laughs) and like we were stealing those and I was I would wreck the house I wouldn't tell them that I had anyone over while they were gone I was inviting boys over like I was doing all this stuff So then, I want to say one day in, it was like the first week of May of 2020, it's like peak COVID, peak pandemic. Um, I worked late, we were working summer hours, we were open till midnight. I drove, um, I was 21 at this point too, like I just had my 21st birthday, so now I can buy my own alcohol and I didn't have that excuse. I drove a coworker home, but we stopped at the liquor store first. I got this 17 year old girl, a bottle of something, some sort of whiskey. And I got myself some white claws and some Malibu rum. And we sat in my car in front of her house until 3 or 4 AM. And like, she probably only had a sip or two and I got hammered. (laughs) I got obliterated. Yeah. And So it's like 3.30, 4 a.m. And she's like, okay, I should probably go inside now. I was like, okay. And she gets out of the car and I like hightail it out of her driveway. And I ran over their trash cans because they had put their trash cans out the night before for trash day the next day. And I got home and like, I don't really remember much of it, honestly. Right. And I got home, I passed the fuck out. My mom's pissed. Like, my mom was waiting for me at the door when I walked in because it's we're in the middle of a pandemic. It's 4 a.m. I wasn't responding to her. Um, I get home. I pass out. I wake up, and I have all these texts from my coworker that I just spent the previous night with drinking. Mm -hmm. And she was like, hey, just so you know, my parents saw you run over those trash cans, and I don't think it's a good idea for us to hang out anymore. And I, like had no idea that I even did that. Mm. I don't recall leaving. Right. I didn't recall <laughs> driving home. Right. Nonetheless, running over a trash can. So then it's like noon at this point because I'd slept so long and I was supposed to be at work at one and I just had like this come to Jesus moment. Like, okay, this isn't good. Right. This isn't okay. I went and looked at my car and I have this big ass dent that's still in the back of my bumper from it running over this trash can. And I just started hit like hysterically crying. And then my mom and my brother, they came home from the grocery store or something, and I was sitting outside on our porch and I just looked at my mom and I just started bawling and we had like a very long serious talk. And at first it was, well, congratulations, Mackenzie. Like, you have depression. You're welcome. Right. (laughs) It's genetic. I'm sorry. Right. Um, And she was, she like laid down some ground rules like, this is what we're going to do. There's no alcohol in the house. Um, You need to quit your job. I feel like that has been a very negative impact. All you do is work, come home, sleep, go back to work. Right. Oh, we ended up going to my therapist together too, and kind of confronting that because one of the things I told my mom was, you know, we, I go to therapy, so I kind of tell myself, oh, I go to, I see a therapist, like right. I'm okay. Right. But every session we had, I never talking told the truth. Yeah. Right. Like, and I put it as, oh, yeah, I drink like every other weekend with some friends and just have a good time, but that wasn't really the case. Right. And. After that, I never went back to therapy, (laughs) just because I felt ashamed that I was lying to her, and I just also kind of didn't feel like it was the right fit, Mm and she didn't see through that either. Right. And no, I agree with that. Very anti. She didn't want to prescribe me stuff for my anxiety, Mm -hmm. which was the main reason I started going. And so I reached out, got a psychiatrist. Of course, it's pre pandemic time or peak pandemic time. So she was booked until like three months or for three months. And I quit my job and my mom was like, as long as you help out around the house, like do some grocery errands and stuff like that. Like we're okay with you not working right now. You just need to take some time and figure out what you want to do, right? Well, the whole not drinking thing lasted, I'm gonna say two weeks that summer. Okay, this was summer of 2020. And my best friend at the time, like she already knew all about everything that had happened, and she was like, "Just come down, come down to our house, I'm just four hours away. Right. I'm not gonna say where, right. but right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you can stay with us for as long as you want, and we can just have a good time, and you can get away from everything." And I do remember saying, "Like, okay, but I can't drink," which was hard for. Us right. especially because that was all we ever we did together. together. We Was drink and party and um. So I think the first night we didn't drink, and then the second night I was just kind of like, I mean, what's it what's it gonna hurt? Like I'm technically on vacation. I wasn't admitting that I had a problem at this. So then either. you had
0: just like convinced yourself like yeah,
1: well, it's party time. I can yeah. have
0: a drink. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, <clears throat> we ended up drinking like every single day after that right even we started and i again i was 21 at this point so we went out to eat for lunch and me and her husband split two pitchers of beer during lunch and then i was like i kind of also had this come to jesus moment but in a very bad way and i was like hmm this is kind of nice like it's twelve thirty in the afternoon and i'm buzzed right like why would i ever want to not feel this way And so when I I stayed at their house, I stayed with them for about a week, and then I came back up home, and it just sort of continued from there, like I was, I would wake up, I would drink a White Claw in the morning or something, I would go to the store and get more, and then I would drink until I passed the fuck out. And it wasn't healthy. I was drinking alone in my room. I was lying to my parents. I was stealing from my parents because I didn't have a job. So when I went and did grocery runs, I would use their money to buy myself booze like every other day. And eventually, like it wasn't healthy at all for one. (laughs) And I was... Eventually, like I had to get a job. Mm-hmm. This was probably mid-August, and I couldn't even sober up to go an interview. Mm-hmm. So like I took a few shots of something before I went to my interview. I ended up getting the job. My first day, I downed uh, one of those tall cans of beer. what are they called? I can't remember. I don't. Yeah, I They know have words. a name. They have it the,
0: like the super tall ones. Yeah, yeah. The
1: super tall cans of beer that you can get at come and go for $2.69. <laughs> <cents. laughs>
0: not that she would know yeah, or anything, not but I <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: Don't worry, it wasn't Bud Light. It was Miller Light. I think. And I downed one of those in my car before I walked into my new job. And that was probably two weeks of that same routine, like I down one of those before work, and then I had one in my car ready to go for when I got off of work. So mind you, I'm driving to and from work, and wherever the right. hell else I went in between. And Open container. And, yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought I was so sneaky. I would like take my jacket or something and put it over my open container. <laughs> this big ass can of beer. It's like I'm not gonna get caught. <laughs> um, it's
0: when you think you're invincible you know and then yeah, you start yeah
1: i kind of got in this mindset to like i'm invincible i I'm haven't never gonna yeah, get caught, caught yeah um
0: and that's where it, i feel like a lot of times it escalates because if you if you feel like you're never going to get caught you're never going to get in trouble then you're just like why would i like kind of mm-hmm. that same mindset why would i not do this why would i not do this every day mm-hmm. if i can feel this way every day why would i not feel this way every
1: day mm-hmm. yeah. and also my, i was like this is just how i'm supposed to right work, I guess. right like i'm just supposed to be Drunk intoxicated all the and right. drunk, and this is just how I'm supposed to feel. I'm supposed to. Oh, another thing too was if I did wake up hungover, I would just keep drinking. Drinking
0: to yeah, I've to heard a lot of people yeah away, way,
1: which is the whole intention of like Bloody Marys too. Right. It just kind of settles the withdrawal symptoms down a little bit. Um, so two weeks after I started my new job. I'd gotten like super litty titty during work somehow and I texted another old friend, like a different one who was toxic in my life, and I was like, "Hey, I get off of work at this time. You want to meet me over next door at Mojitos, and we can have a few drinks and catch up?" And she was like, "Absolutely, let's do it!" Like I didn't talk to her really. And I thought about using code names, like the, yeah, you know, yeah. The
0: so you go to we're so using I, code names now, okay. okay?
1: So I texted Danielle. Okay like hey I get off of work at this time you want to meet up at Mojito's and have a few drinks and catch up? and she Danielle was like absolutely let's do it so I get off of work I drive my drunk ass over to Mojito's and she's already there she had already ordered a drink and she was like hey look the happy hour menu this is what I got it's raspberry margarita I was like okay cool I'll take one ordered that mind you this is my first time in an actual bar setting okay like up until this point especially you were since like it drinking was... at
0: home and like very much just like buying it and drinking it elsewhere okay mm-hmm. cars all that kind in of stuff car, yeah
1: and people's houses, houses yeah and stuff like right that. Um, so we have one like it's going good a week before this was when my psychiatrist appointment was and she prescribed me some antidepressant pills. And you know, on every medication bottle like that, they, it says, do not mix with alcohol, do not mix with alcohol. Well, there is a
0: reason they say
1: that. And there is a reason they say that. <laughs>
0: so was this loft where you, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. okay.
1: it was true. Um, okay. I think we ordered another margarita, and then, and then you were I out. was like, no, I wasn't out yet. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ooh, let's do, let's just do some shots of tequila. And I finally got to live my dream from when I was, like, right. 19. Right, right. I'm going to go to the bar and order, order some, some tequila. Amen. And look like a little badass. Right. Um, have that. It's, like, two hours in. I think I got another margarita and two more shots of tequila later. Like, I went into a different human being. Like, I had been drinking all day already. I had been drinking beer had three margaritas I had however many shots of tequila right. and Danielle like told me later on that I just had this entire face persona change like, mm. wash over me like I was happy having a good time and then I was what's the word for you can't understand what I'm saying incoherent yeah um, uh, like like
0: disassociating almost like you weren't in your own like having an out-of-body experience like where it wasn't your own personality inside of you kind of
1: yeah and i like to this day i just have flashes of that night and so she had to tell me what happened right like a few days later she's like you know i asked for the check you couldn't even get your wallet out of your purse like i was
0: right shaking and just
1: shaking didn't have control of my motor right muscles and she was like you couldn't get your wallet out of your purse so I had to get your card out I paid I had to carry you to my car and this person knew my best friend at the time let's call her Nicole, Nicole the one who lived four hours away um they were actually related, but... <laughs> oh, that's
0: right, because she texted her, didn't she? Or called her or something? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah,
1: so she called Nicole, and she was like, Hey, like this is what happened. I really don't know what to do. Could you give me her address? I don't remember where she lives. I'm going to take her home. And then could you also send me like her mom's number or something? Because I don't want to just drop her off like this. Right. And she said I would like refuse to buckle. Like, I sat which she drove this like big ass lesbian talk (laughs) and so I would like sit in the floorboard of the passenger seat I refused to get in my seat I refused to buckle she's like driving down the highway talking to my mom we pull into my driveway and my mom and my dad come like running out they had to carry me inside my mom said I kept trying to reach for something in the cup holder and she asked Danielle, like, what is she trying to get? And she was like, oh, I think it's her phone. And so, like, my mom had to grab my phone for me. And that night, again, it's just in flashes. My mom said, again, I was incoherent. I didn't have control of my own body. I for sure don't remember much of it. Right. Um, I kept I was just crying. I was hiccuping. I was burping a lot, mm-hmm. just I don't know if it's just from how much I drank, even though it's really not as much compared to what I've drank before (laughs) in one sitting. And, or yeah, we didn't know if it was because I had too much to drink. Like my dad was worried somebody drugged me. Um, If it was just my Zoloft and the alcohol having a really, really bad interaction. Um, But my mom also thought I had taken something Like Mm. I was doing some sort of, Pill or pill drugs or, or something drug. yeah and so she went and like raided my fucking room she found so many empty bottles of, of every thing type of alcohol you can imagine, under my yeah. bed she found like when I would drink in my room by myself like I didn't want them to know that that's what I was doing so I would pee in cups and then dump it out of my window so they didn't know how often I was going to the bathroom and going pee. So they found like one or two of those cups filled with pee. They found, they thought it was a weed pen, but it was a CBD pen. (laughs) They found shot glasses, they found all sorts of stuff. And so again, I'm like blacked out and I guess I was just crying and I wanted my dad to hold me and till eventually i fell asleep and the next morning i woke up at like 7:30 cuz some weird thing too when i'm drinking i wake, you wake up super
0: early. early that's exactly how i was yeah it's so weird
1: and feeling like asshole yeah, yeah i felt so like the worst i've ever felt in my entire life and my mom's just like i'd fallen asleep on the couch in our living room and my mom's sitting in a recliner like godfather style yeah staring at me in her little Christmas robe like so are we gonna talk about what happened last night and I was just Yeah um we just sort of realized together that maybe it wasn't just depression and that it was an addiction. Mm -hmm. And I realized that in that moment I still had to go to work because I had only been at this job for two weeks and if I didn't I was gonna get fired. And that night, my mom and I, we went to, I forget the actual church name, but we went to Celebrate Recovery. Right. In Rogers. Fellowship. Fellowship something. Yeah. Um, and like that too, it was a very, I'm not very religious myself, but that setting really, really touched something inside of me and they're singing their songs and it's live and they have this entire band and you're surrounded by people who have the same issues who probably have worse horror stories than i just told all of you right um and i just started bawling and then they asked like the main speaker speaker yeah the main speaker was like okay now so the chip ceremony so the first thing they ask is who here wants to start their sober journey raise your hand and we'll come around and give you your chip and so i rose my hand and it was just like a big ass weight off of my shoulders i felt so much relief admitting it admitting that i had a problem
0: accepting
1: it, accepting it like wanting to start this journey choosing it like no one really shoved it down my throat like something i told this people Sorry to some people, they're like, it sounds like your mom made you do that. Oh, she didn't make yeah, me do right. that, but... And I got my first chip. I carry it with me everywhere I go, which I haven't been back since, <laughs> but I But am. I
0: think that's okay as long as you're holding yourself accountable in other ways, right? Like, not yeah. everybody needs to go to recovery, celebrate meetings every mm-hmm. week or whatever, you know? Yeah, so.
1: and I for sure wasn't staying to do the... Hi, my name is Mackenzie. Yes. Hi, Mackenzie. <laughs> I struggle with alcoholism.
0: <laughs> Me too. Like, yeah, no, I sure got that. sure
1: was not staying for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Especially because this is day two of right.
0: my You're finally accepting withdrawal. it. Like, really, like, yes. this is the first time you're for real about it, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: And, yeah. And well, now we can get to some happy stuff. Yeah, I know. I was going
0: to say, okay, so, like, on the recovery side of things, like... Obviously you went to that AA meeting with your mom and you got Mm -hmm. that chip and then like from there like what were your biggest steps in terms of like Recovering like did you hang out with the same people? Was it like you got new friends? Did you get a new job? Like what happened from like the AA meeting?
1: Uh uh, Um,
0: So you start recovering mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) the Well, one of the first things I did was I actually met with one of my mom's, one of our family's oldest friends, who is recovering from opioids. Okay. Um, I met with her, and we ended up talking for, like, two hours, and I just poured my heart out to her. Like, there's still some stuff I don't want to tell my mom. Right. Just because it's so embarrassing. Right. And I, like, don't... I also don't really like pondering on the past. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) You don't want to think about it either. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like, what I told the listeners today right. the viewers whatever um it's just like a snippet right of everything there's that obviously happened. yeah <laughs> there's a lot
0: more there's a lot more a lot i mean more. i told you
1: some of the bigger things but and i just like poured my heart out to this woman i kind of called her my sponsor for a while right if i was having a hard time she would come over and we would do our nails or we right would do a craft day or something she would bring over food <laughs> right <laughs> <Eat>. <laughs> we would get coffee um also, my family sort of, like, tag-teamed on, like, if I was having a bad day or if I was just sitting at home or I was off of work, they would, if one of them was home too, they'd come in and be like, hey, do you want to do something today? Like, we can go see a movie, we can do some crafts, do our nails, right? <laughs> the same sort of thing. And...
0: Just kind of keeping you busy.
1: Keep it, Yeah, keeping me busy, keeping my mind off of things, because the first few... Months were probably the hardest. I, you know, the best friend... Oh, I didn't bring that up either.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Um. So you did... Okay, so if we rewind a little bit, Mm -hmm. Danielle called Nicole Mm -hmm. to let her know that she was going (laughs) to drop you off, right? Mm -hmm. Then what happened from there with Nicole?
1: I didn't know it at the time, but my mom ended up telling me a few days after this that Nicole had texted my mom... And told her every single bad thing I had done that she knew of. And, like, really put me in the shitter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, I was already in the shitter. I was already in trouble. I was already in having my come-to-Jesus right. moment. And she just added more shit on top of the biggest pile of shit ever. <laughs>
0: right. She said, boom, 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 shots fired And then,
1: so I didn't talk to her for probably two days. And then I finally sent her... Something on Snapchat. I sent her a picture of my chip and she was like, What all is your mom making you do? I was like, She's not making me do anything. And also, You're part of the fucking problem. Right. Like, the whole reason we even rekindled our friendship way back when was because you invited me over to, to drink.
0: drink. Right.
1: And from there, like, everything we ever did was drink. Right. And I even told you at one point, three months prior, like, I don't want to drink if I couldn't right. visit you. And My mom even knew that. She even was like, I don't think she did that out of the kindness of her. Right. She sent me like this long message that was pretty bitchy and just not, like I didn't know how to handle it. I'm I'm, like day three into my withdrawal symptoms. And so I went to my mom and I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to say to this? And she was like, you know what? I would just tell her that you need a break and you just need to take some time to yourself and just get away from that for a while. Right. And like two days after I told her that, well, she responded with, well, I don't think kicking the people who care about you out of your life 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 is the right decision, but whatever, (laughs) Mackenzie. And I was like, okay. So then I deleted Snapchat, which was honestly like one of the best decisions I made at that point, just because that was always my outlet for... Talking to people when I was drunk alone and I felt lonely and inviting people over and...
0: And Snapchat, I feel like, is a lot more of where you see the party scene happening. People yeah. people post more about yeah. partying and being out on Snapchat than they do on Instagram or yeah. whatever. Because it's more in the moment. Like, yeah. people
1: I didn't even know and I would see them drinking and partying in the weekend. And, yeah. and it would just make me you wanna envious yeah. or make me angry. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I get that. So I finally, like, I deleted Snapchat that day. I... I think I redownloaded it once since then just to get some pictures off of it because right. they were only on Snapchat. But then I deleted it again. And I haven't had it since. But...
0: So that's been a positive thing for you, yes. deleting Snapchat. Deleting yeah,
1: Snapchat has been a very, very positive thing. And I'm almost to deleting like, everything else, too. Because really, like, if you want to talk to me, you have my phone number. Right. That's all you need. Right. I don't need to share all of my life with you guys. Right. But, <laughs> um that's
0: why i like having my mental health account because i feel like it's different i like having my personal account to kind of post every now and again mm-hmm. about my life mm-hmm. but then like the hard sh- yeah i want to help people with and i want to mm-hmm. be able to have that connection with them but like my normal followers people i went to high school with like they don't give a sh- i don't give a shit about them why should they give a shit about mm-hmm. me you know so i
1: totally support it for businesses and oh yeah promotions and promo and stuff like that but personally ugh. Yeah, and and I don't think I've posted something on Instagram, especially in like six months. Ago. Yeah, it's
0: like I mean, if you're not using it, you're not using it, right? Like, yeah. there's no need to. So, um,
1: so that happened. I told Nicole like, hey, I just need a break for a while, figure things out. And a few days after that, I noticed she deleted me off of everything. Oh wow! Yeah, like this is nine years of friendship. She deleted me off of every social media. I'm pretty sure she even blocked me. She, Which is crazy
0: because two days earlier she was saying she's the person that cares about you. The most. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even her mother reached out to me and was like, Hey, if you ever need anything, if you need to grab lunch sometime. It's crazy
0: here. how that works. So you guys, um, so obviously she blocked you. So that kind of ended that friendship. Have you guys talked nothing since then?
1: Just that one thing from her mom. And I was still f- friends with her husband for a while. On stuff, I don't think she realized it until I posted something on Instagram, and I saw that he saw it. And then, then, until he
0: wasn't following you
1: milliseconds later, he wasn't following me and everything. And I think like, because she's the type of person to like stalk his social media Mm -hmm. stuff. So I'm pretty sure she saw it, and she's the one that did all that his stuff. Yeah. Anyways, that ended that. Yeah. for the better like I've never been so happy um so yeah that happened I met with my I like to call her my little sponsor even Mm -hmm. though she's twice my age (laughs) um I was still working this newer job I stayed there for about a year um you know I really didn't have anybody besides my family I think maybe we talked like you and I even reached We, out I was gonna say,
0: we, I, I remember running into you when you were working at the party place. Mm-hmm. I definitely came and saw you when you were working at Sonic because I brought you chocolate strawberries one time. I remember that. That's okay. <laughs> Do I do I look like I care? I'm like, and speaking of bitch, <laughs> pay up now. It's some chocolate shaming. No 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 no. I didn't I even realize. It. I was drunk. I even just like some snacks. Okay. <laughs> That's so funny. But yeah, I, I do remember running into you like at the party place. Everywhere
1: I've worked, you've yeah. run into me. Oh yeah. That was really it for us.
0: But then. but I'm glad. I mean we've said it multiple times, but I'm glad that it did take us a while to rekindle the way we did Mm -hmm. because we both got to go through our shit phases Mm -hmm. apart from each other which means now in recovery we can Mm -hmm. be like
1: yeah girl, let's go go! (gasps)
0: like whereas like look
1: where we are we're fucking making merch and
0: podcasting and
1: podcasting and taking
0: pictures you're
1: getting 7k views on TikTok I know like like, what
0: (laughs) what is going on I know (laughs) I think about it all the time it's just crazy to think about
1: and I guess like a little backstory for us too we met
0: in youth group. group. <laughs> Which is so crazy to think about. And my wildest days yeah. were in youth group. Like, yeah. I went out and partied. That's when I partied the most. I remember
1: the funniest moment was our last mission trip. And we were at some <laughs> Silver Dollar City knockoff place and i remember they had a starbucks and you wanted coffee so bad and then they didn't have
0: any coffee do you remember that i don't remember that and you but you were you were like how do you have a fucking starbucks and you don't have any fucking coffee i'm like no you're not wrong though you're not wrong though
1: but this was like oh i remember this yes this was my peak smoking face smoking cigarettes and like we were on a mission trip we were surrounded by kids half our age and adults
0: and they were everywhere bear in mind you everybody was sprawled across the park there was no telling where anybody was it was like
1: day five of mission trip and i was like biting my fingernails like i need nicotine (laughs) and so i asked this random person in the smoking area hey you mind if I borrow a cigarette? And she was like, sure. And I was all nervous. I was like, I'll show you my ID. Like, I'm old enough. And she was like, I don't want to see your ID. Just take it. And she yeah. was like, can I borrow your lighter? <laughs> oh, my God.
0: But that that was crazy funny. And definitely, like, one of those moments where it was, like, very, like, oh, we've got each other's backs. Because I was just, like, standing out, like, okay, if I see anybody coming, like, you got to turn your back all the way. And we got to make it real obvious that it's not us. Like and we were also the only two that were allowed to go off by ourselves cuz everybody else had to have like three or more or they had to have an adult remember and Co- mm-hmm. Cody at that cuz we were this mission trip, listen. We'd gone on many <laughs> mission trips. We had had okay mission trips. This mission trip was shit. It was, it was awful. Worst. It was so bad. And so by the end of the, me and McKenzie were done. Cody Mm -hmm. let us do what, he let us stay up in that room Mm -hmm. all night. He did not fucking care. He was Mm -hmm. like, please just don't run away. Like, that's, I think that's that's what he's... I trust you. And I think that's where he was with it. So, we got to go off and do our own thing, but had we been with anybody else, that would not have happened. So, I find that funny. I'm like, oh, Cody kind of, you know, I'm like, he did us a solid there by letting us go by ourselves. Mm -hmm. So,
1: but... And, like, we also were... We didn't like anybody at that point in time. We just... I don't even know if we really liked each other, but we liked each each other other enough that we were yes, together. (laughs) together.
0: (laughs) That's exact. Yes,
1: (laughs) it was like us, and then
0: we would like talk to Adina. Yeah, yeah, and then we we found out about that was when we found out about her boyfriend. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, Adina, because she was like texting him, and we were like, yeah. So okay, so recovery wise, so being off of Snapchat, what else has helped you? Like. Have you so you're doing you I, did some yoga yeah
1: i found a lot of hobbies so i started going to a local yoga studio cocoon yoga lab it's amazing got, yeah which i got robin into. yes
0: <laughs> which is amazing
1: yes 10 out of 10. yes um, i just i got real into my shows again yeah i, think I tried to find joy and stuff that i
0: that wasn't alcohol
1: yeah that wasn't drinking and like painting i do a lot of painting okay yeah a lot of like I worked enough, yeah, that it was fine. Um, but again, I didn't really have anybody, right? Um, besides my family members, and then like December of 2020, I was in a friend's wedding and I sort of rekindled another friendship from right. high school, but for the better. Um, Hannah, if you're listening, <laughs> hey, I'm
0: Hannah. Talking about
1: you. she's talking about you, and like I spent the night at her apartment two days before the wedding, because it was out of town, and I remember, like, pouring my heart out to her, too, and just telling mm-hmm. her my whole, whole story, and she's been a very solid, supportive mm-hmm. backbone in that, too, um, just even texting, right? You're like, hey, th- I'm having a bad time, or hey, are you, when are you free this week, let's do something, right? like, people who know my story are like, oh, she probably, like, really needs to right. get out of the house right. and right. get busy, so... And she's really been that uh, backbone for me since then. And it kind of sucks too, like with you, it just took a few friendships longer right. to rekindle. Right, right. Find each other again. Right. Yeah. Um, aside from that, I ate a lot of sugar, like I've gained 20 pounds since I quit drinking. I found comfort in eating, yeah, candy yeah. and desserts and drinking a shit ton of soda.
0: I love candy too. That's, that's another <laughs> kryptonite to mine. Trevor's yes. like, you've got to stop with the sweets. I'm like,
1: fuck off. You only live once. Like, yeah, I'm like, it's
0: the sugar. <laughs> I gave up drinking. What else do you want? That's what I'm saying. Like, come on now. Um, um I
1: did eventually quit smoking cigarettes too. Like the day I quit drinking. Um, and
0: now you're just on your vape.
1: Yeah. mean,
0: but you gotta have a little something. I
1: gotta have something. Yeah. A little something. A
0: little (laughs) something.
1: A little something. Um, anything else? Again, um, yeah, I'm, I quit going to therapy, but I've been seeing a psychiatrist. That's been helpful. Yes. Um, and it's not even, it's not at all like therapy. It's literally, how are you doing? Are your pills working? Cool. Oh, they're not working? We can up it a little bit. But, um, like my mom says this too every single day, like, antidepressants have changed our lives. Mm-hmm. Like, I cannot believe <laughs> how I used to live because, you know, you gotta understand that depression, anxiety, addiction it's all a brain dysfunction. It's chemical it's a, imbalance, yes. yeah. It's not how you are supposed to be and it shouldn't be something that you're ashamed to ask for help for. Right. Or even admit. Right. Like, it took me at least two years of it being bad to admit that i am addicted to alcohol
0: right it's like when you have a bad back you can't can't just play it off and be like oh it doesn't hurt and i can keep doing whatever Mm -hmm. and expect to not have any consequences from it in the end if you Mm -hmm. keep working when you have a bad back you're gonna make it worse if you don't fix it you know you got to do the same thing with your brain it's a muscle it's it's part of your body it's an organ it Mm -hmm. needs it needs to be healthy and running and functioning and if it's not you need to take the steps to make it better again Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. I think a lot of people don't realize that cuz it's not a it's not a physical thing you can see. So a lot of mm-hmm. times people struggle cuz they're like, "Well, does it really hurt cuz it's not physical?" But it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's it hurts. Steep. I mean, so. look
1: at my car. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think it was bad. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. Okay, um, so if you could give one piece of advice to somebody who is under the age of 21 about drinking, what would your piece of advice be? Would it be steer clear? Would it be one drink at a time? Would it be everything in moderation? How how do you know if it's getting bad?
1: Well, one of the eye openers for me was when I was doing it, when it switched from just partying with friends on the weekend to drinking alone by myself every day. Yeah. Every single day. And which of course escalated from there. So if you are in a situation where you're, for example, for me it was, I'm sitting alone in the dark in my room drinking, like, how fucking pathetic is this? Right. Texting people, or Snapchatting people pictures of me crying because I'm so drunk and alone. Right. And, like, that should be your, oh, okay.
0: This is getting bad. (laughs) This is
1: getting rough, so maybe we need to take a few steps back. Back.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um... And to anybody who, like, today is like, shit, I have a problem, what do you think, like, what is the first step in recovery from there? You've, you've realized, oh shit, this is bad, like, where should they go from there? Should they talk to somebody in their life about it? Should they go to an AA meeting? Should they, you know, mm-hmm. what should be the next step? Dump out all their alcohol bottles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm <already
1: eating>. yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, everyone's different. Right. The celebrate recovery thing was really the aha moment for me personally even though I'm not super religious like that was something that broke
0: me right?
1: (laughs) in a good way I think being
0: in an an environment full of people who have been through it and like Mm -hmm. you said maybe even have more stories than you do especially when they're older it Mm kind of makes you look at yourself and be like shit do I want to be them Mm -hmm. like look at me now do I want to be that like Mm -hmm. do I want to be coming in here when I'm 50 going shit I still have a fucking problem Mm -hmm. you know so Mm -hmm.
1: and then from there it was just having a stable environment having people around you that supported you and if you were having a bad day and they ask you what will make you feel better and you're like all I want is a damn cheeseburger and they get you that cheeseburger right (laughs) that's very important we're even again with my friend Hannah like hey I we need something to do today. Right. Like, what do you want to do? And right. she'll, like, drop everything and come hang out. Right. Um, so having that community and consistency and...
0: And remember, that that community doesn't have to be, like, family or anything either. I think sometimes people yeah, do get true. caught up in that fact that it can be family. It needs to be family. It doesn't always need to be family. So if you yeah. got good friends, that's a good way to go, too. Just kind of pick your battles. Yeah,
1: I'm one of the lucky few that has a good family. Yeah, <laughs> so And I'm always like, my mom. Yeah, <laughs> and a lot of
0: times I think, too, addiction, I mean, obviously mental illness runs its genetic, mm-hmm. but so is addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of people who deal with addiction, you know, you may have addiction in your family that you know or don't know about, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, like, in our family, we had very blatant alcoholics, so going to them and being like, I'm an alcoholic, they're like, so is everybody who cares, you mm-hmm. know. So you just got to find the right people. It doesn't always have mm-hmm. to be family, so.
1: And then the same thing with, like oh yeah I have depression and then going to friends who were like oh yeah we all we're all, all depressed, all, we're all depressed. <laughs> there's, the I'm like
0: there's a difference between being depressed and having depression mm-hmm. because you can feel depressed and not have depression but you can't have depression and not feel depressed so what's your next step like from here like now you're you're good you're clean you you're on you're at a new job now right Mm-hmm. So you're I working. A
1: yes, and you love it, right? <laughs> I love it. Doing I love deliveries. The people. Yeah. I love that I don't have to talk to anybody. <laughs>
0: yeah, you're delivery <laughs> driver. Yeah. That's nice. So you have got this job and you've got the good community and you're hanging out with all the friends, so now it's just, you know, staying sober. So how mm-hmm. far along are you now that you have been sober? How many months? It's been every year. every year. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, a year and 4 months. Yes. A year and four months. Yay. Also, having like my family every time I hit a milestone like that, we celebrate. Yeah. Like when I hit a year, I, I went and saw the new Marvel movie yes. and had dinner. Yeah. I get to brag now. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And I think one of the biggest lessons we can take from all of this too is like you can be underage and still have a problem. And you can be 21 and be an alcoholic and I think people sometimes are scared to use that lingo because they're like, well, I'm not old enough to be an alcoholic. Yes, you are. If you if you mm-hmm. are drinking con- consistently and alone and doing things, that, you know, and you're not happy, like, you are an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's a good thing, too, kind of shedding light on people who are maybe younger um, and having those issues because a lot of people struggle with those kind of issues, especially younger kids these days, and people yeah. just don't talk about it a lot. Alcohol and drugs are glorified, but we don't talk about the bad side of them. So Yeah it needs to be talked about more
1: for sure launch. yeah
0: i know <laughs> so speaking of the launch it's going to be coming on the 1st of january 2022 new year's so new year new us you know yeah. as the saying goes um so y'all be keeping an eye out for that launch there'll be lots of um, promo and stuff i'm sure that you guys will be seeing this from promo that we're already posting on instagram so make sure you're mm-hmm. checking out that launch um, and Mackenzie will definitely be back at some other point to be on the podcast because we're gonna have to do some more episodes. More happy. Yeah, we'll do some fun ones, and we'll we'll definitely get some in here where we do like some fun Q and A like mm-hmm. ones and like funny questions and things like that. Um, but this is really gonna like set us off for recover out loud. So hopefully, this inspires you guys to share your own stories or see what's going on in your own life and hopefully you know changing for the better finding a community of people who can support you and that can be a group of strangers online so if you're not following us on instagram already Co. on instagram go follow us um and yeah so thank you Mackenzie. we appreciate it we we love it and so glad that you are our first like person to talk to yeah. our first podcast guest and then story and stuff and then mm-hmm. the launch is going to be amazing and i'm so excited
1: I was telling Robin earlier, you're lucky I feel comfortable with you because this is going to get deep. Uh, yeah, I know. And if
0: it had been somebody that, like, you weren't as comfortable, it would be, like, kind of awkward yeah. to talk about these things. So I'm glad that we got to to do this and knock it Me out of the way. You. And then hopefully this will encourage other people to start talking up, too, about yes. their own issues. And and hopefully we'll be able to help some of you out there as well. So thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate it. Like I said, that launches on the 1st of the year so y'all keep an eye out for that and keep an eye out for more Mackenzie on the instagram and then on the podcast soon
1: Ooh. Ooh. all right
0: <laughs> thank you guys for tuning in
1: bye